Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Okay, I'm Yasmin Igozi. Um, I am a local. I live in Miami. Uh, run my business out of Miami as well. I'm a speech pathologist and mental health counselor by education. Um, I have a storefront down in Miami. It's a medical marijuana clinic here in Florida. I don't know how many people here are from Florida, but uh, or you know the laws here, but we are a medical state. So I run a medical marijuana clinic where we give out the licenses uh, for be a legal patient and I also have a uh, my own brand called Planta RX uh, which is a CBD and a THC line uh, that I formulated with a chemist and uh, we're having a lot of success with it with our patients uh, working with a lot of the special needs populations and uh, mental health populations as well as the Hispanic population which is a very uh, challenging uh, community to get to thank you so, um, hi, my name is uh, Dr. Bao Tai. You know, my, my path here has been, it's been a very interesting path. You know, I grew up where my mom kept seeing a doctor every, uh, every weekend. And I thought it was cool because I would get candy, I'd be like, oh, this is fantastic, they were all nice. And it wasn't until I got older and older and older that I started to realize that the way healthcare is set up is that they only treat the symptoms. And when you, treat symptoms and you don't have a plan in place, what happens is the problem continues to get worse. So I started my path in treating neuropathic pain. I have two clinics in Dallas and in Houston. We do a proprietary treatment process where we actually help regenerate and restore nerve function to patients. About three years ago, I thought to myself, what else can we do? Because we started seeing patients from out of state, out of the country, and if you weren't in Texas, you couldn't get any results. And this led me down to the path of CBD. Started doing research and started looking into all the anti-inflammatory effects and all these stories that all these people had, that how they were able to reverse diabetes, to controlling their pain, to now living life again. And if you see patients on a regular basis, part of your heart starts to go with them when they tell you that they can't do things. When they can't sleep, they can't live, that every time they go to the doctor, all they hear is, just take this pill, just take this pill. And then they take that pill, they might feel better for a little bit, but then they develop something else. And this path continues and this cycle continues. So that led me to look at, looking at different options. And lucky enough, uh, my business partner now is a manufacturer of CBD, that I said, look, let me have access to your scientists. So I started working with their scientists and within our patient base to develop something that could help them more. And so my specialty is uh, in the topical cream space. We have a uh, topical cream that consists of CBD, CBG, uh, amino acids, menthol camphor, a terpene blend. I mean, there's so many different things. But what we've been able to do now is really help patients have a better option rather than just medications without the side effects that now allows them to live life. So my life and my journey is continuing to help patients dealing with pain, how do you live a better life, how do you get a better quality of life, so. Very, very fascinating. So um, I got into the hemp space uh, long before I started taking CBD, um, but I, I ended up switching to CBD because I was actually bit by a tick um, up in Canada and got Lyme disease. And every 
doctor, I went undiagnosed for two years, and then by the time I was diagnosed, doctors just gave me a bunch of supplements to try and cope with, with the pain. Um, and I threw those out the door and turned to CBD, and it took me from, you know, initially just having, um, I was very low energy, easily fatigued, had a lot of inflammation, it was difficult to, uh, you know, really get out and run or anything like that, which being a very active person was extremely challenging. Um, and so when I first initially tried it, it, it brought me to a level where I suddenly felt an increase in energy, my mood had increased a little bit, and I was able to, uh, you know, move around without being in so much pain. And so from there I started really tweaking different formulas, finding different cannabinoids, which we'll discuss a little bit more, um, and really just diving head in, into the cannabinoid space. Um, so a lot of... Um, you know, my experience is very personal. Um, you know, obviously everybody is different. Uh, the effects that I have, like I've noticed over time that THC has impacted me more negatively. Um, you know, it makes me have actually more neurological pain, which maybe you could speak to. Um, and so um, it's been a very interesting journey through that. I ended up part partnering with some other guys. We formed a company and um, are now manufacturing products using a unique delivery system that improves absorption in the body. Uh, one of the negative side effects of Lyme disease is you have a very low absorption rates of different nutrients. So it was important for me to really uh, push forward in, the, in that realm. So we developed Naturia Plus, which is uh, enhances bioavailability into the body, uh, which is very important because cannabinoids have traditionally a very low absorption rate into the body. Usually like six to 10% of what you actually consume actually absorbs into your body. And so um, obviously, having a problem already with absorption, I'm absorbing even less. <laughs> so extremely important. Um, it works not just with cannabinoids, but any lipophilic compound. So we can enhance um, curcumin, turmeric, um, omegas, uh, a lot of different um, essential minerals and, and plant extracts that are available on the market, uh, we can enhance. So that's kind of where I got a lot of my beginnings. Um, so we were talking earlier, you know, at, a lot of people out here, Delta 8 and the intoxicating side, we know CBD really well, but we were talking out there about CBG. Um, and I know that both of you guys have had different experiences with it. Um, Yasmin, if you want to kind of talk about your experience with it and what brought you into that pathway, and then we'll uh, do the same for you, Dr. Bell. Thank you. So um, I had, I, I went through a cervical cancer uh, situation. Mm -hmm. 16 years ago and at the time obviously the industry was not where it is today and uh, there wasn't as much access to information um, and I started to notice that I wasn't recovering well from the procedure right I was very fortunate because I didn't need treatment um, <clears throat> but I noticed that I wasn't recovering uh, my energy uh, inflammation I had lymph nodes removed I had a super aggressive surgery um, and I noticed that everything I was doing traditionally wasn't working. Um, from hormones to diet to exercise, to what, you name it. it was, I, I ran the gamut of what I was trying to find to help get me back into the place I'd been prior to my diagnosis. Um, fast forward several years, my, my family got super involved with uh, the medical marijuana space here in Florida. We helped put the petition on the ballot the first time around in 2013-14. And that was when I started learning about the benefits of medical marijuana because obviously it was at that time it was still, uh, you know, this reefer madness, whatever nonsense that's still going on. And 
that kind of catapulted me into learning about it myself. I was very blessed with having uh, that frontline exposure, so I got very lucky and I was able to be exposed to, to, to the med medical side of the plant very, very quickly and very early on in the industry. And I started experimenting with it. And I had left the marijuana space because I had used it, uh, consumed it, excuse me, when I was much younger, but it started to give me anxiety and all these negative things. So I, it wasn't medicine for me. So when I learned the medical benefits of it and I started traveling the country um, outside of Florida because we're such an immature market, still are, and I started going out west and I went to Colorado and Oregon and California and sort of educated myself on all of this, I started to learn about the cannabinoids, the other cannabinoids. And we were saying earlier that how much from a medical perspective, which is I think what we're all sitting here, how we're approaching it, is how much how grateful I am that I found CBG and all the other cannabinoids, CBD, CBDA, all the other ones that are that are out there that people don't know about. They don't have a tendency to even investigate. Everybody's very focused on on the you know more recreational side, which there's nothing wrong with that. I just feel like it's really important to also push the medicinal side because there's so many benefits. And CBG is the is the stem cell. It's the mother of the plant. So when you've got illness and you use CBG, it, it's almost like it's resetting your system and you'll see your health start to change significantly. So I started experimenting with CBG in liquid format and, and then I started kind of making my own things um, to figure out what was gonna work. And I found that I, when I combined CBG with CBD, CBDA, I had a lot more success in my healing. I ended up using um, suppositories and ended up using, you know, uh, uh, really focusing on vaginal health because of my own uh, personal process with it. And um, as soon as I did, my everything started changing. My inflammation went down, my, my health went up, my energy went up. Um, and it's really important, I think, for people to be open to uh, learning about those other cannabinoids um, and if when you do I invite you to do it because you will see a difference in, in what happens with your body absolutely so dr. Val you use it topically mm -hmm. often so how does that how does it work differently topically versus orally so you know when we look at medications we all forget that medication started off as plants back in the day that's all we used as uh, our ability to help heal and when we look at the primary functionality of the plant it is highly, highly anti-inflammatory. Any pain that you have, any disease that you have, it is all 100% inflammatory related. That now, if you can alter that environment in a fashion and keep it that way for an extended period of time, and you start, um, uh, you start addressing all the other problems with it, what you start finding is now you start getting relief and then that relief turns to sustainability so in my clinics when we treat neuropathic pain you get people who are in tremendous pain right then and there and they want immediate immediate relief and so we started with just cbd and that served to be beneficial but then again looking you know as you're talking about yasmin we started looking at what else can i add to it because there's always something more that you can do as long as everything continues to align up with the same principles so we started adding uh, CBG in there. And when you look at the anti-inflammatory effects, you know, it affecting the PPAR gamma system, I mean, all these other cascading set of events, what we found was patients started noticing immediate changes. And when you look at how do you get through to patients, the first thing is you have to give them relief, 
now that opens their mind up to other things that can happen. But when somebody's in so much pain, they don't want to do anything at all. And when you can start addressing that pain in some form or fashion, you earn their trust. And once you earn their trust, now you can help guide them down this path and educate them to where they start looking and researching their own. Oh, tell me more about CBD. What about CBG? What about CBN? You know, what about what can THC do for me? I mean, now we get all these questions, which is amazing because as you were talking about, recreational is fantastic, but there's a whole untapped world of medicinal benefits that you can tap into. And when you look at the medicinal world, the reason why pharmaceutical companies make so much money is because they give some kind of benefit to the patient. But if you can do it in another fashion, another form, where there's no side effects, that they actually get real, real sustainable results, you've now created something amazing that every single patient that you either give a tincture to, a topical, no matter what it is, just know that you've touched their lives in a way where you can never, ever imagine. Because every single day they're able to wake up and start walking and do the things that they love. It affects their life beyond what you could ever imagine. And so for us, it's always about what else can we do? And for me, I'm open to anything. You know, I, I don't ever, you know, I say everything's a great idea until it doesn't work. And that's it. That's a really good point. Um, so in terms of, uh, you had mentioned that you formulate with terpenes earlier. Are there specific terpenes that you're uh, targeting that would provide some specific kind of relief? There's not. I mean, we went through a whole gamut of terpenes and, and my scientists, they know it better. I tell them, okay, here are the symptomologies. They provide me with certain formulations and I kind of break that down and I kind of figure out, okay, does it have any potential side effects? What are the, uh, the benefits from that? And we test it on patients. So I always like to reverse engineer. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. What I like to do is just see results. And so we take a problem, we test it, and then once it works, then I start dissecting it and figuring out well, why did it work. Interesting. How about you? Have you worked with terpenes at all? Actually, a lot. Um, <clears throat> the way I got to terpenes was because I noticed that when I started using cannabis again as flour, I started noticing that there were some flowers that I did not want to smoke ever. I would be like completely turned off by them. And then there were other ones that I was like, oh, that made me feel so good. And I had the experience, um, I was in Colorado at a conference and somebody had sauce with them. I don't know if you guys know what sauce is, it's a concentrate. And I had had a migraine, I've suffered from migraines and I had a migraine for like three days and I couldn't beat it and I couldn't beat it. And, you know, the typical Advil and Tylenol and migraine meds and water and just I couldn't get over it. And somebody opened the sauce, the little dab container of, you know, and, and all, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but I want to smell it. Cause I was a little scared of the sauce cause I was scared of it. It's just five years ago before dabbing was like a thing. Um, and I smelled it and I felt it go in my nostril and into my brain and right to where my headache was and my headache was gone instantly. It was instant and I was like, what was Magic. that? Was, I was like, oh, like what in the world just happened to my, to my body, you know? And it was a citrus-based uh, product that had like an orangey, citrusy, you know, base to it. And, and that was when I said, okay, terpenes, that, that it like convinced me. I'm a very like show me person. I, you know, I, 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 people can tell me and I'm like, ah, whatever. And then that happens and I'm like, whoa, okay. That, and I know it's working. 
and that catapulted me into investigating more what all these terpenes are and then adding them into my formulations that we do. Um, and like Dr. Bao, I have a, a topical and we, we really do a, a, a strong uh, terpene infusion uh, to, to help the healing process. So yeah, it's a very, very, very powerful. Absolutely, so that citrus smell is uh, limonene, probably, I would imagine. Um, and uh, we were actually, a friend of mine and I were having a conversation last night about, you know, you like, open a bag of, of cannabis and just smell it, and it's like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, so terpenes are, um, you know, a very interesting aspect of the plant. They're becoming more and more um, available now because people are honing in on extraction methods and being able to pull those out, being able to isolate them. True terpenes has been doing it from other plants for, for a very long time because terpenes are not just specific to cannabis. Um, you know, they're found in any aromatic plant. And so uh, we've been formulating a lot with limonene, linalool, you know, that linalool is lavender um, traditionally and uh, have found really good synergistic effects. Um, if you're interested in learning more about terpenes, I would, I would definitely recommend um, looking at the article by Ethan Russo. It's called Taming THC. And it's all about the, the synergistic effects of terpenes with different cannabinoids and, and how they uh, interact with the body, which is a, a pretty groundbreaking um, published article that, that came out, I think, back in 2011. Um, so in terms of, I had a question about terpenes I was going to ask you, and I forgot. <laughs> um, well, I guess, actually, so part of this panel is, um, it was intended to be about psilocybin. Um, and I know that we were talking about psilocybin yesterday. Um, do you want to speak to kind of um, when you take microdosing psilocybin, like what, what's kind of the traditional practical way of doing it and, and ways that can, you know, help to stimulate, um, I guess, growth or neurological reconnection or yeah. stimulation? Yeah, I can, I can speak to that as well. Um, I think because of the mental health background that I have um, and my own process with mental health, um, I, I'm always looking for something that's going to help me. And I'm always looking for something because if it helps me, I, I'm like that, you know, you have like the 80, 20. I'm like the 20 that never gets a result from anything. So when I get a result, I'm like, okay, this is something that's going to help the majority of the population because of how I fall into that category. And I went on a, on a psilocybin journey uh, about a year ago, uh, looking for some mental health for myself, but also for some of the patients that I work with. And what I'm finding so far is that, first of all, it's, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing product. Um, I think what people have to understand is that it is a poison, right? So mushrooms, magic mushrooms, it's a poison. It's not, in other words, the way your body receives it is going to be very different, just like the endocannabinoid system and the way your body receives cannabis, your body's going to receive these different strains of mushrooms very differently. So people think, oh, there's only one kind of magic mushroom and there's tons and tons and tons of strains. So um, some of them are more cerebral, some of them are more euphoric, some of them are more sleepy, dreamy and meditative, some are more creative. And so it just sort of depends on, on what, what you come across and, and how how you're receiving it. So um, I also have learned that that you can't have glucose. Um, glucose interferes with everything, uh, but there's a lot of people go out there making products uh, specifically 
uh, well, as we know in the cannabis space, gummies have become like this like crazy uh, thing, but uh, and candy in general in the space, but the glucose is not good for you, uh, generally speaking, from a health perspective. It interferes with everything in your body, and people are making uh, mushroom bars, and they're putting sugar in it, and they're basically doing like Hershey bar type of thing, or cookies and cream, or whatever people are doing, and, and you know, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that I think people have to be mindful and educated on what they're putting in their bodies and how it's affecting them and what the purpose is of what you're doing. Um, I also find that adding medicinal mushrooms in is very, very helpful because it enhances the, the psilocybin and then it allows the body to move it through, allows your system to move it through the body better by adding those medicinal mushrooms. Um, and by medicinal mushrooms, you mean like uh, turkey tail and Yeah, chaga. the chaga, the reishi, the lion's mane, uh, the turkey tail, the ones that are, that are more, uh, you find them more with the, uh, with the holistic side, with acupuncturists and the herbologists that they use those, which you're going to probably see now a big influx of the medicinal mushrooms coming through in drinks and in, you know, other forms, um, which I happen to be taking for the last... 16 years because my acupuncturist put me on them after my surgery because he's like you have to be on them forever because of your immune system and it just became a thing and I never knew what it was doing until the last few years when I started investigating it, investigating it and understanding the health benefits uh, behind it. As far as the dosing, again, it's very individual. I'm a start low and go slow type of person. I think it's really important for each individual person to figure out what works for them. Because I can tell you, I need, you know, a 0.33, which is a general microdose. And, you know, Annie might say, oh, I need a gram. And so you have to know what, you have to trust your body and, and be intuitive with it. But also I highly recommend going slow and then adding as you go. Um, I like to do three days on and four days off, or four days on and three days off. Um, it's not something to do consistently. Um, I find that that's how you get the, the brain to remap a little bit, and then it shifts your consciousness and it elevates you to a point where then you're like, oh, I'm functioning from here instead of from here, you know, on a, on a, on a spectrum, on a continuum of, of functioning. Um, that's my personal experience, and when I've worked with patients, that's they seem to like that approach better, unless it's somebody that's very experienced in the psychedelic space, and then they're like, "Oh, I can take two grams and you know have a, a, a mini trip, and I'm fine." So it's very, uh, very dependent. But I, again, I recommend start low and go slow, always with everything. <laughs> uh, so we, before we get into questions, Doctor Bound, do you have anything that you wanted to add to that or, or other comments? I mean, I don't know too much about it, I'm, so I'm still learning. But I things that I've heard and seen is just, it is up and up and coming. I mean, there's clinics popping up everywhere now. So that tells us that there is some medicinal benefit in it. Um, but again, I can't comment too much because I'm, I'm still a novice in that space. There's a really good book by Michael Pollan called How to Open Your Mind, I think. I may have that wrong. Um, how to Change Your Mind. How to Change Your Mind, thank you. Uh, really good. It goes into the history of psychedelics. I mean, it, this is not new. You know, it's not, it is new, like in our thinking, but it's not new by any means. It's been researched. Uh, really underground since the 60s uh, for a lot of different therapeutic benefits and I highly recommend that book. It, it's really good. He he goes on the historical journey and then he actually does a bunch of different psychedelic experiences and uh, 
he you know writes about them and shares those experiences. So definitely recommend that. Um, would love to open the floor to any questions that you guys have. I just yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me. I just want to make one more comment about um, what's happening from a federal level with these with these products. Um, Ketamine clinics are the things that you've everybody's probably already heard of that are popping up everywhere. Uh, ketamine is not a psychedelic; it's kind of it's an anesthetic, so it's a disassociative, um, which is people are finding benefits with it, which is wonderful. Um, I don't know if you all know this, but MDMA is about to be legalized, uh, FDA legal. They'll probably run it through mental health clinics and doctor um, uh, overseen by doctors but they're in the last phase of their clinical trial. So MDMA, within two years, you're gonna see that the FDA is gonna approve it, and then within four years, you're gonna see psilocybin. They're in the third stage of the, of the clinical trial stage. So Very there's cool. gonna be a lot of push towards that in the next several years. Um, you know, the funny thing about this industry is you always have to be like a step ahead of what, everything that's going on. Um, so cannabis, thank God, has, I think we've all worked so hard to get it to a tipping point, and it's sort of just, going on its own now. There's a big push behind it. Um, as you can see from what's happening across the country and across the world, uh, you're going to see the same thing now with uh, these other amazing uh, products that are out there. If only we can get them federally legalized. Justin? I got a question. Yeah, um, it's interesting because you're seeing psilocybin move so much faster than cannabis, and I think it's because psilocybin can be isolated, and we know that psilocybin is the active ingredient that is really helping people, whereas cannabis, you have all of these different cannabinoids. In, as the industry evolves, right? We have nutraceuticals, we have pharma, we have alcohol, tobacco. You know, we have a lot of people, different industries vying for a space here, right? And a lot of people are afraid of pharma getting it because they're gonna isolate it down to one thing, put in a pill and call it good. Where do you guys wanna see the cannabis industry centered if, of, of those options I've listed? Like personally, is there a, a place that you wanna see cannabis kind of Fall because if it goes to straight pharma, then we we know what happens with pharma, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody kind of has swim lanes. Um, you know, there will there already is pharma. Um, you know, Marinol. Um, that's a synthetic. Yeah, GW Pharmaceuticals. They've got Satevex. They've got Epidiolex. Uh, there is very specific purpose for those things. Um, you know, there it's hard to the reason that cannabis has been illegal all this time is because we couldn't synthesize it. We didn't know, you know, exactly what the compounds were, we couldn't target for those specific ones, and the endocannabinoid system, you know, was only discovered 20 years ago. So we've got a lot to, you know, do in order for the pharmaceutical side to really prevail. Obviously, there's a huge space in recreation and in, and in medical. It'll be interesting to see how the medical space evolves. Um, over uh, about six months ago, I was at a pharmaceutical conference for cannabinoids, and it seemed like the big... Uh, the big line is really all comes down to insurance. And so it's, you know, all these pharmaceutical companies have paid all of this money to do all of this research and they're mad that all this medical cannabis is out there with, without any of the research. And how can you kind of counteract that? And it's like, well, the pharmaceutical companies, they get insurance. The cannabis companies, you can't get insurance. So it'll be interesting. I think that'll be their big push and kind of, uh, you know, defining that line. But it'll be interesting to see how it evolves over time. I think there's space in all aspects of the industry, yeah. industries. I mean, I, th I think it's going to be a mix of the two, either on the supplement side and the uh, pharmaceutical side. You know, what you find is when you deal with cannabis, as you said, there's so many different parts to it. It's very boutique-ish that every single person taking it needs something different. 
because their lifestyle, their DNA, their problem, everything is completely different, that I think you'll find everybody tapping into that space where you might see some classified as a supplement and then other ones as pharmaceuticals. And again, to, to Annie's point, it's all about insurance reimbursement as well too. Because unfortunately, for most things, doctors will only recommend things that insurances will cover. That's kind of their mentality. And so as that narrative gets pushed, that's what you'll see more and more. So I think personally, it'll be divided kind of in half to where you will have your things that you can buy over the counter and then your prescription side of it. So my personal opinion is that we're adults and as adults, we shouldn't be restricted um, by what we choose to put into our bodies, whatever that looks like. Um, you go to Russia, you know, there's cannabis growing on the sides of the street. It's like just like a plant, like grass here in Florida. Um, I think that we're going to see home grow. We're going to see rec. It's all going to, I give it a couple more years, uh, and I think it's all going to shift. Um, we're actually, I'm actually involved with a group of women here in Florida that um, we're going to be starting to do uh, a fundraiser to push a bill through to get on the ballot for rec and, and home grow. Um, it's, it's ridiculous that you can fly three hours away to Colorado and you know, walk into a, a place and get whatever you want with your ID and you can't hear. So it's just part of, I think, pharmaceuticals, it's insurance, it's, you know, it's a lot of greed. Um, and I think it's also, I think they're pissed. I think, I think they're mad at us. I think they're really mad at us. I think they're like, you know, how did they figure this out before us? How did they get, they're, how did they, how, they're smarter than us, which is really the processors. You know, I, I, I take my hat off to, to the processors because they, even though it's synthesized, they figured it out. They're like, you're gonna stop us? Nope, we're gonna figure it out before you because we want to free this plant. And ultimately that's what it's about. Um, and off on the psilocybin side as well, we're in the middle of creating um, uh, like a home grow little tabletop bag with, you know, uh, soil and some other proprietary things we're putting in there that has a hole on the side and you inject your spore and in a couple of weeks you get your shrooms, you know? So we're already pushing for that. It's, it's, it's all happening already. It's just, again, pharma's just pissed at us for, yeah. for, for It doesn't me. fit into their mold. That's Correct. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Um, mostly to Dr. Bao, how do you control dosing and is that something that can be improved? Yeah, so again, it always goes, you go low and slow, but for us, it's always about documentation because everybody's gonna have a different reaction. So if you're trying to control pain, uh, I always take a two-step approach. So you always inner outer. Um, so when you look at neuropath pain or peripheral neuropathy, it's typically, call it in the feet, right? And so the, the analogy is you have this nerve that it's been stripped of its insulation to where now it's continually sparking depending on the environment, i.e. what you eat, what you're doing and whatnot. So the idea is you want to control that environment to where now you want to get rid of all that acidity, you want to get rid of all that toxicity. And so you want to approach it from the outer side with a topical, then internally with a tincture. I typically start my patients off 15 to 20 mils, um, uh, milligrams uh, a day is what we typically start off with. And then they start, uh, they have to give between three to five days 
of doing that while maintaining the baseline uh, as far as um, nutritional and that kind of thing, if they're i.e. diabetic. But even patients that aren't, what you find is their diet, they can correlate what they eat to how their symptomologies increase and or decrease. So it's always about uh, creating a foundation, a baseline, and then you start from there, and then you can work your way up until you find it plateaus, then you would stick with that for a while, and then take that methodology. Yeah, and there's a uh, really good application out there called Relief App, and you can actually uh, track your progress, find the product within it, track your progress over time, so you can see it uh, very personalized in, in your growth as opposed to like writing it on a piece of paper. <laughs> I think I saw someone else's hand up over there, maybe, maybe not. Awesome. Oh, yes. Yeah, so how, how do you get that? So you're, you're based in Florida, right? Yes. You said you're getting together a group of women. How, how do I how can I get more information on that? On the, on the, the political? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, so I will give you my information afterwards, and we'll let you know of the fundraisers we're going to be doing. Um, we're still in process. We have a very short window of time because we're trying to get onto the ballot. Didn't, for November? For, well, no, not this November. It's too late. Uh, the reason we're doing it is because there were a couple of, the last few years, there's been a couple of groups that keep trying and raising money, and they can't. It's, it's a languaging issue, and we have the support of the people that helped put the initial amendment on the ballot for medical marijuana in the state of Florida. So we've got, we've got people that already know how to get things through on our team. So um, just remind me afterwards, and I'll give you my information, and we'll talk a little more about it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for attending, and hope you have a great day. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.